Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. 20 dwarves took turns doing handstands on the carpet. That's the cool thing about being a Māori artist. To show me that that was possible. <laughs> No my Mike Paperback Gorillas, the podcast where we share mana enhancing corridor that we think is worth your time hearing and our time recording. Now, this is a puka puka episode, so one where we break down the co-papa of a book that we've read and enjoyed. Uh, and for this episode, Sam is talking about the seven habits of highly effective people uh, by Stephen Covey. Uh, I'll also talk a little bit about my routine. Uh, Widener talks about uh, being a student and a software developer. Uh, and we talk a bit about not being a dick uh, and being a better person and a bunch of other stuff as well. We had a lot of fun recording the episode. We hope you enjoy listening. Kia ora. We're sponsored by Nobody. So <laughs> kia ora for that. Um, ko Peter Tukuingua. I am Peter. Uh, kia ora ko Wa Tukuingua. I am Wa. Kia ora, call Sam Taku Ingwa. I am Sam. <laughs> Sam, Sam he is. <laughs> yeah, one of my comfort things was, was talking in the, uh, in the <laughs> Uncle Sam voice. <laughs> so yeah, today uh, today we're talking about um, the seven habits of highly effective people um, by Stephen Covey. Um, something that I thought uh, sort of really resonated with me reading that book was um, the second habit, which was um, beginning with the, the end in mind. Um, which had quite a good story about um, about imagining you know what matters most in your life and and how to come up with with planning uh, an important life goal. Um, so yeah, the cool the cool part um, from that with me is was thinking about uh, imagine it's hopefully many years in the future and uh, you're at a funeral or a tangi, um, your tangi. Uh, so that's why I say hopefully it's very far in the future, but. Um, imagine that your your whanau, your friends, um, those people closest to you are uh, giving eulogies about about you and um, and what you what your life meant to them and how you were, and uh, and think about the things that you you'd want people to say. So, what would you want your your whanau to be saying about you? Um, how did you have an impact on their life? What were the things that you were remembered for um, in their in their eulogies? And start planning around. Um, you know what's what's really important to you in your life from there, because um, a lot of time we we spend a lot of a lot of time in our days like uh, things like Facebook and social media and a whole bunch of things that don't really um, add any massive value to to us or the people around us. Um, so for me that was that was the biggest thing, and I, I started kind of formulating some some life goals out of that. Um, for me, my my general life goal is just to be um, a good father and uh, you know what, what does that mean so for me there's a few offshoots of that which is um, you know in order to be a good father I need to be around for as long as possible so um, in order to be around I need to have some goals around uh, you know eating a bit healthier exercising a bit more regularly um, I need to have a goal around being able to provide for the family uh, but you know not such a good job that it would impact the time that I have with my family because I don't want to be um, I don't want to be away from them and, and impacting that and um, 
and then a, a few other things of being a role model and and the things maybe I do in the community or how I um, how I show up for my family and in different different areas. So that was a pretty cool like I'd, I'd I'd say that was a pretty cool way to to think about having a having a life goal and what's important. Mm. Mm. Yeah, hard. I mean, it's the same as that. Um, you know, like there's a a business tool called a pre-mortem where you go like we're doing this bit of mahi or this project or whatever like what are the things that cause it to fail or to die and like let's go and, and, and dive down to the root cause of those it's kind of the opposite of that right like mm. what are the things that cause me to be what I want to be or succeed and that's the stuff they talk about in my tangi and how do I make sure that happens um, yeah I had a similar to that with um, with work stuff which was uh, when planning a planning a project, probably the same thing as the pre-mortem, but um, just a different take on it, which was uh, sit down with a group of people that are planning the project, and then at some point tell everyone that um, you know to put their negative hats on and think mm. at the most in their most negative mindset. What are all the things that can go wrong? So mm. probably probably the same thing, but um, prepositioning it with people so that they understand that they're actually. Uh, getting rewarded for being negative rather than the usual thing of like just be like yeah it's good and I guess it's a familiar concept right like you're, you're used to going to a tangi and you're used to hearing people talk about that so it's not like a, mm. a crazy outlandish thing to imagine <coughs> I just feel like but like whenever you go to a tangi and people talk about the person it's always positive no mm. matter what though like True. even if they weren't a really really nice guy like <laughs> it's usually always like almost like just respect for the dead you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so on the on the flip side to that, like, man, I've been to, I've been to some, uh, I've been to some tangies where people are going through eulogies, and it just makes me think, far out. I've done nothing with my life, <laughs> especially yeah. like the the yeah. old timers and stuff that were yeah. away at like uh, war and everything. It, it, it like, you know, in their in their twenties and went through doing all these things or set up, you know, um, set up massive businesses or did all these like sporting. Mm. Uh, had all these sporting achievements, and I kind of look at that and go, "Far out!" I've, feels like I've not done much. Mm. Yeah, um, and I guess it kind of relies on you knowing what you want those people to say, though, as well, right? Like, yeah. like that exercise is just using the the setting of a tangi as the vehicle to go, "Cool, what are the things that I want to achieve in my life?" Mm. Um, and I guess that relies on you having that clarity and going okay cool I know what I want to achieve you know like your your examples of wanting to be a good dad or the best dad mm. that you can be like that's that's cool and that's you've mm. got that clarity um, does he talk about ways to to get that clarity you know like I, I feel like there's a like there's a there's a massive and we talked about this in one of the other podcasts like the benefit of purpose right and mm -hmm. knowing your purpose and knowing what you want to do with your life um it's challenging if you don't know what that purpose is yeah. or what you want people to say you did. Yeah, there's a there's a whole thing uh, in there. I guess the um, that, the beginning with the end in mind part is the the second habit. Um, the first habit is which I think is probably the most important is uh, around being proactive. Mm. Um, I know you guys probably covered uh, some of the stuff that was in there, which is kind of a, a recurring theme in some of the self help books, um, which is around the the stoicism thing of uh, you can't control what happens to you but only uh, how you react to mm. it um, so the being proactive chapter was kind of uh, kind of like that and talking about if you um, uh, you have a, a circle of uh, 
a circle of control and then you have a bigger circle of concern. If you mm. imagine those as two concentric circles, uh, the smaller circle is your uh, circle of control or your circle of influence, which is um, where you can actually do things about something. Mm. Um, and, and the bigger circle of your circle of concern is everything um, that you might be you might be concerned about, like uh, like the the rainforest is burning in, in mm. the Amazon, or mm. uh, there's um, Donald Trump is the president, and is that going to lead to some sort of full scale world war, mm. uh, or um, or you know they they reduce the amount of car parks at the supermarket down the road. Um, those no. things are really yeah they're really outside your control, and if you you can probably think of people um, that worry about that stuff that. Um, Mm. They just sit around worrying, going, "Oh, you know, this happened to me today," and um, or complaining about people uh, that they work with or people that they they know, but never complaining to that person or giving that person the feedback. Just mm. complaining about them, um, you know, when nothing is actually going to change. Uh, so that sort of yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Oh, sorry, I was just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, because we all know those people that complain about yeah. stuff all the time, mm. right? Yeah, and. And they're very different to the people who do something about the thing they're complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny, like, you know, when you talk about Trump and, and the rainforests and they're like, social media, I think, changes that a lot, right? Like, you know, you're all of a sudden you, you might think that your area of concern is now that big, whereas uh, previously, before, yep. before you were spending eight hours a day scrolling Facebook, like, mm. you wouldn't have said you were that worried about Trump. Mm. You know, but now that you see, or even on the, on the news, right? Like all the articles and the way that the news is written is in a way to make you concerned about something that actually, firstly, you almost definitely have no influence over. Um, but secondly, it might not even actually be that much of a concern, you know, because there is now, uh, like, it's the it's the news's business to make you read the the articles, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it digitally or not, and so you. Written in a way that make you go, oh my god! Like, mm. you know, like I, um, yeah, hard. Mm. Like, you know, you, my Facebook feed and, and my my news outlet feeds are filled with every tweet that Donald Trump has ever sent. Like, he sends some crazy amount of tweets. Mm. Yeah. I don't need to be concerned about all of them. Like, it's not those tweets that are concerning. It's the it's the uh, obviously the underlying fact that he was elected in the first place. But I can't influence that, yeah. um, and I need to limit how much I'm concerned by it as well. Really, exactly, and. Like uh, I think one of the one of the things I said probably the unpopular opinion definitely unpopular in my circle of um, Facebook friends but uh, people were posting uh, you know oh my God people need to be aware of this the Amazon has been on fire for three weeks yeah. and and everyone's posting it now um, but where were they three weeks ago when it started or, mm. or a week ago or two weeks ago like it, it just becomes a thing that you know, people jump on the bandwagon. It's better to focus on things that you you can, like making sure that you're, uh, you know, not using all the the recycling, uh, mm. the non-recyclable paper cups, or mm. yeah. going out and eating and and um, getting all the plastic, uh, mm. the plastic takeaway stuff. So choosing, choosing where you decide to put your money with businesses that are thinking more about the environment or. Uh, making sure you're challenging yourself to recycle and, and all that sort of stuff, the things that are, are within your control. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's how I feel, but probably unpopular as I've had about 100 people posting that stuff on, on Facebook. Yeah, and it's good and bad, right? Like, like all of that awareness is good, and the more people yeah. know about that stuff, the better. It's just when it becomes like that is now, like two things, like if that is the scope of 
your influence is sharing the thing. Like, you know, you might actually be limiting yourself from doing something about it because you've shared it and you've gone, cool, I'm telling, you know, telling the world about it. That's, you know, that's, I'm doing something for it. So it's mm. not going to help the, the rainforest. Uh, but also, secondly, it means that there's so much stuff to be concerned about, then how do you motivate yourself to actually do something about the things that you mm. can do? You know, like if you're mm. worried about the rainforest and Trump and, you know, the, the border detainees and, you know, all of the hundreds yeah. of millions of things that the internet will tell you you need to be worried about, like, where are you going to spend your time? Yep. Mm. Yeah. And that goes back to the thing of spending your time being effective, working towards the things that matter in your life rather than going, uh, I could I could jump on jump on this thing or I could work on something that, um, you know, spend my time working on something that actually um, that actually matters. Because, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, you're right, like, uh, at the same time, um, you know, while thinking that someone sharing uh, sharing all these articles or something of, that's happening overseas that's outside of their control, um, it, it is worth being concerned over. Mm. Like, it is a concern. Um, I just, it's because it's not within your control, I feel like maybe just let it go for now. Mm. Mm. With them. Like, if I think about um, work conversations over the, you know, the last sort of eight to ten years of, of coaching people, um, you know the ones who are... Uh, proactively thinking about what they can do because it's in the way that they're, it's in the way that they talk. They they look at saying things like, "I'm working on this," um, you know, "I'm trying to find solutions for this thing," um, yeah. rather than just going, "Oh, nobody ever, nobody ever helps with this thing," or "There's never any opportunities to do this," or um, you know, people, "Here's all the reasons I can't do it." Here's all the reasons I can't do it, um, and sort of being in that that sort of blame that blame mindset. Um, Rather than thinking, cool, what can I control out of this? Mm. Um, I was actually watching. Uh, you guys seen that Southpaw movie mm. Mm. about the boxing and um, and the main character's uh, wife? She gets shot. Sorry, is it with? Is it Creed? Um, is it different? No, nah, different. But box, boxing one. Boxing, but oh. it's got um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, um, and his um, Mrs. Yeah, she gets shot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah, yeah, like two thousand and three or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's old enough now that uh, that if you haven't it. seen that by now, um, sorry. It happens really early in the movie, and I'm pretty sure it's in the shorts. Um, and but Daenerys dies in Game of Thrones. <laughs> they all die. But yeah, anyway, he's he his uh, so his wife gets shot. Um, and then he goes, uh, he goes crazy, obviously, um, and then starts losing all his, um, losing all his stuff, like classic boxer story where um, they didn't manage their money well, and the house mm. and all the cars get taken off, and uh, he gets drunk and does something silly, and then his daughter gets taken off him by the, by the government, and um, and he needs to, you know, show that he's a f- fit to be a, a father. So all those things are pretty like they're pretty heavy things um, but he goes to a new boxing trainer and he's complaining about all these things and the, the boxing trainer goes well what did you do like, what did you do to get in this situation mm. and uh, and because he's got ang- he's obviously got anger problems um, but he doesn't see that he's just like seeing all the things that are happening to him and not really thinking about you know mm. his his temper got him into a fight and that caused a brawl that someone pulled out a gun and shot his wife so like his, his temper kind his of actions, yeah. his actions were like the thing there. Is um, that a true story? Mm, I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. um, I don't think so. But it was a, it's a it's an alright movie. Um, 
It's worth a watch. Mm. Worth a watch on a Sunday, mm. Sunday chilling on the couch. How many paperback gorillas do you give Southpaw? Well, out of out of five, are we yeah. rating yeah. The, is the new paperback gorillas uh, rating system yeah. out of five? We rate everything paperback gorillas. Mm. I would give it probably three and a half three paperback and a half, gorillas. Three and a half PBGs. Okay, yeah. not too bad. Okay. The, within your control and, and not in your control is one of those big things that you can kind of apply to life in general as well as your as well as those little micro kind of interactions at work and that as well eh? like yeah uh, I, was, I was thinking about it the other day me and a guy in my team were you know dived into the detail of something tech and and you know we were asking each other oh you know could we do that that we shouldn't really be doing that should we and like that's within our area of concern but not our area of influence because that's not we you know there's mm. smarter people in the team who do that stuff and so we had to pull ourselves out of that and go all right like let's not waste time and emotion and energy diving mm, yeah. into this because that's the that's the opportunity cost like when you um, and I guess that is probably the underlying premise of the circle of influence versus the circle of um, concern right is that yep. mm. it's all opportunity cost like that time and that um, energy or money or whatever uh, is being wasted because it's not actually going to influence anything mm. um and so we yeah we had to jump out and go right well we've got some stuff that actually isn't within our influence that mm. we need to do so let's focus it on that instead. Yeah. So that's why one of one of my favourite words at work is out of scope. True. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we're like analysing something and someone goes I think that's out of scope I'm like yes <laughs> don't have to Post worry about it. I know? agree. Yes. <laughs> it's like not in your control. Yeah, it should yeah. and it doesn't need to be. I mean it can be in your control yeah. but it's out of scope right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's on the page out of scope. Yeah. If it wasn't for lazy people, we'd all still be doing everything the hard way. <laughs> true. <laughs> so true, yeah. That's a good, that's mm. a good quote. Um, and I think it's you also need to figure out like what is your... Like you need to be careful of believing something is in your circle of influence when it's not. Or make sure that it, that it is if you're going to go in and, and do something. Like um, I've, I was, I've been thinking about helping this board out and, and jumping on and doing some mahi with them. And I kind of had to do a whole bunch of investigation first to figure out, like, am I actually going to be able to, or is this board even going to be able to do what it's setting out to do? Like, I believed in the kaupapa or what they were the, what they were doing, but I needed to make sure that actually they're going to have the resources and the ability to, to turn mm. that into an outcome. Mm. Um, yep. Because if it doesn't, you know, you might all be sitting in the room thinking this is within our area of influence, but actually it's not, you know, and so you spend a year formulating some crazy strategy or whatever um, that actually never gets realised into a thing, yeah. in, into an output. Um, so, yeah, you've got you've to make sure that actually that thing is in your area of influence mm. when you're doing it. Or it's not. Yeah, or it's not, and then go, okay, cool, I'll, I'll find something that's in my in my influence. Don't get too big for your boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not in your circle. Yeah. Stay in your circle, but yeah, uh, I guess circling back Ooh, to that uh, did there. to that um, thing about the the circle of concern and circle of influence um, is that people that focus more on their circle of influence and, and only their their circle of influence then influence mm. then grows. Um, and and you have more and more influence over the things in your life because you're just mm. focusing on that area, um, whereas the opposite is true for the people that focus on the areas of concern. Mm. Their their circle of influence shrinks and shrinks because they just worry about things that they can't control all the time. Mm. Um, so so yeah. if you have more and more in your circle of infidels, then... <laughs> 
I really wanted to interrupt and just throw that in there. I waited, see, patience. Um, don't, nah. don't be a complainer, and life is the, the general takeout for this. this and uh, keep your circle of infidels to a minimal. <laughs> minimum. Um, but there's, there's a thing in there as well about the, um, the circular, you know, to, since we're talking about circles. That just is a self fulfilling thing as well, right? Like the more used to. Uh, complaining about things that are not in your area of influence, mm. but are in your area of concern, mm. the better you get at complaining. Like the more you, the more you spot the things that are wrong, and you know oh, I'm concerned about that, but I can't change it, and it's stink. Um, the more you do that, the more likely you are to spot those those things that aren't actually what you want them mm. to be. Um, like I saw a cool quote, um, which was like, you know, if you, it's if you're always thinking about yellow cars, it's easier to spot yellow cars. Um, you know, when you when you think about a, you know, when you're thinking about buying a car or something, and you think about a particular car, you always see that car out on the road. Um, you know, if you're always thinking about opportunity and things that you might be able to do that are cool, you'll see those opportunities yeah. everywhere. And the inverse is true. Yeah. You know, if like you're the, always um, thinking about the stink things, you'll see all the stink yeah. things. It's like the law of attraction. Eh? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The secret. Put things the out secret. the universe. Yeah. I wasn't ever too sure that. about the secret, eh? I've never read it. I've just heard that it was like, tell the universe what you want and, oh, yeah. and it will deliver. Well, well, it was like, I mean, this, in one of the other episodes, I was talking about goal, goal setting and um, the strategy of going, here's my goal, I'm going to throw it out and talk about it and therefore hold mm. myself accountable to it. Mm. Um, and I think, that's a, I think that's a real thing. Like I, um, I mean, it's like riding a motorbike. You know, if you, when you're... When you're turning a corner, like you look, there's this weird thing that happens. You look in the direction that you're going, and all of a sudden, you just head in that direction. You know, and I, I guess it's the same with driving a car. You know, like if you, um, like my wife was saying, in her, when her dad gave her her driving instruction, it was always like, you know, you you look at the um, the left hand side of the lane when you're coming up to cars passing you. If you look at them, then you end up veering towards them. Yeah. You know, like your yeah. your brain takes you towards the thing you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, which I think happens at a level above that as well like at a macro level it's like if you close your eyes in the car you can't see where you're going <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know three mosquitoes in the hand is with two in the tree the thing i just hey. don't really get about the secret is like <clears throat> it's all about you know put it out to the universe but then i also think like well then why is there so much like suffering in the world mm. like if a homeless person, why can a homeless person just throw out the word, like, I want a home? Yeah. But it, that's not how it works in the real world, so I don't... It's about, like, it's within reason, right? Like, mm. Yeah, you, it's about being if you positive, have, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, like, I actually think that there's the, there's the thing where, like, if, you, if you're thinking about, like, you know, the podcast. Like, if we were thinking about doing a podcast, like, a bunch of little decisions that we would have made along... From the from the point of when we first started having recorded all about it, right, mm. to the point of now when we've recorded, you know, what are we up <coughs> episode eighty six, and you know we're top three in podcasts um, internationally. Um, yeah, you know, like you know, we made a bunch of decisions along the way that got us here that probably were influenced by thinking we were going to start a podcast. Um, you know, when I was trying to be a rapper. I made a bunch of little decisions because I was thinking in my head that I wanted to be a rapper. Yeah. Not consciously at the time, like, I'm making this decision this way because I want to be a rapper and that's why I'm doing it that way. You had, like, an end goal. Yeah, but yeah. but just because my brain was thinking like that, then those little things where I was... I might have, I mean, I don't know, an example... Yeah, I know what you mean. ...of uh, opening a Bebo account, you know? Maybe at the time I was like, oh, I'll open it as a band page 
because I want to eventually put music out. You know, I wasn't. You, you don't want to use MySpace? Nah, MySpace was <laughs> garbage. Um, nah, do you know what I mean? Like these little. Yeah, yeah I know. What you you mean. make little decisions if you're thinking about that thing always. Um, I whereas I might have, if I was thinking like, man, I'd never, I'll never be able to put music out into the world. I probably would have gone when someone sent me a link to Bebo. I would have just deleted that email. You know, instead I went, oh, I wonder what this is. I'll have a look. Oh, yeah, cool. Mm. And then I opened the Bebo page. Bebo. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I, it might have still stayed as thoughts for me if you hadn't have opened that Trello board and started tagging me in actions. I was going, oh, yeah. Now that now that you're actually doing something with it, I better do something too. <laughs> start start just completing my yeah. actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but but so I guess like if I had five minutes spare on the couch, then I jumped onto Trello and made a project board, right? Yeah. And that's because I was thinking about oh cool, we, I want us to start a podcast. Yeah. And I was uh, as well, but being proactive, I was going oh yeah, man, uh, yeah, I'm getting tagged in these actions. I better go and do them mm. rather than just going oh man, I don't have. I don't have enough time right now or, or thinking yeah. about excuses, just mm. going in and doing those things. And now for a word from our sponsors. Paperback Gorillas is brought to you by Carpety Island Honey, the finest honey on the... Nah, we're not really sponsored. Carpety Island Honey is just the koha that we give to our manuhiri or guests to say thank you for their time. But as well as the decent chunk of time that it takes us to prepare, have and share these kōrero, it does also cost us the financial equivalent of a few nice meals out each month just to host and record them and to then get them out to listeners like yourself. Now, we pay that cost because we believe the kopapa is worth it and we believe that the matauranga or the knowledge that our manuhiri or guests have spent a lifetime learning is worth paying to share with you. Uh, if you believe that as well and you've enjoyed this episode, then please think about donating by becoming a patron. To thank you for your support, uh, I'll send you exclusive access to videos from our kōrero, uh, opportunities to ask our manuhiri questions, as well as share the notes with you on what I've personally learned from each of these conversations with our guests. Uh, all of these are exclusive to our paperback Gorilla Fano and patrons, uh, and you can only get them by heading to patreon.com slash paperbackgorillas and signing up to be a patron. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-p-e-r B-A-C-K-G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A-S This is also the part of the show where I send a big mihi, a big thank you to the patrons who have already signed up and are already showing their support by donating to the show. So a massive kia ora to Lincoln, Hori, Anna, Adama, Ivo Tia. Thank you for your support. Thank you for believing in the kaupapa. Kia ora. I guess when people are negative, like no one really wants to be around them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like is is a... Uh... Well... Other negative people want to be around them, right? Yeah, that's a sad group. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, other negative people or like uh, or people that care about the negative people, um, mm. which is which is a thing. But um, I think you know it's better to be uh, better to be thinking as positively as you can. And, and like I'm, I'm realistic with that. Like I know things happen in people's lives that you know knocks them. Uh, you know, knocks them right down into into the negative thinking mm. um, thing, but you can't stay there. Like, could be anything from um, you know, bad bad family news or bad work news or mm. anything like that. Um, but it's just about, I guess, bouncing back from that stuff and, and how you um, how you turn your your thinking back around. Mm. Mm. What was your your favourite habit out of the seven? Like, probably the one that that resonates with me the most just because it was kind of um, like kind of something that I already 
try and think like anyway, which is um, uh, was habit number five, which is uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm. I think that that's like a like an old uh, some old Roman or Greek philosopher that mm-hmm. actually um, who who was actually quoted for that one. Um, I'm sure it said it in the book, but I can't remember who it was. Maybe like Socrates or someone like that. Um, it's always frustrating when you come across like know-it-alls, you know, and they, mm. they kind of come mm. in and think they know everything, um, and uh, rather than sort of um, trying to understand uh, understand the why behind stuff, or um, yeah. I guess coming from a point of, of not knowing because sometimes we just don't know stuff and it's mm. alright to admit that you don't know um, I came into the, yeah. this most recent job uh, in, in an area that mm. I didn't really know anything about mm, um, that's true Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again I didn't walk around pretending like I knew everything yeah. about it yeah. um, so I think that that's an important thing uh, as well Like, so I think the, the being proactive thing um, and seeking to understand first before being understood uh, are probably two that I kind of was already rolling with mm. in my life before before reading this. Um, what does it mean by the sharpen your saw? Is that like always try and be, you know, top of your game or yeah, yeah, always, yeah. always try and stay hungry? Because yeah. I, I, I really like that one. Yeah. Because I try and sharpen my saw all the time. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine someone like trying to saw down a tree or multiple trees eventually their saw is going to get blunt um, and if they just keep sawing like eventually it's going to slow them right down but mm-hmm. um, you know taking the time out to stop um, and sharpen the saw like sometimes you've got to stop and slow down um, in order to be able to speed up again yeah there's a saying by um, Abraham Lincoln and he was like if, oh, something like if you told me to chop down a tree I'll take eight hours sharpening the saw and then I'll spend an hour chopping the tree down. Mm. I was like, wow, that's actually crazy, you know? That's so true. Like, it's a good way to approach mm. things in life. He tech analysis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the tech analysis, eh, Patrick? I like the put first things first yep. habit. So that one about... Um, oh, would you want to talk us through that? Like, how he talks about it in the book? Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. So, um, I guess the, the put first things first, they kind of... They kind of roll into each other, so like being being proactive um, and having that that, sort of, uh, that strong mindset and thinking about the things that you can control, um, and then beginning with the end of mind is about like figuring out what matters most so that you can be uh, effective versus being efficient. Because um, if you're being if you're being uh, efficiency is like putting a ladder up against the wall and climbing that very fast but mm. you're climbing the wrong wall mm. um, whereas a, you know, a effective is you know, obviously climbing the right wall um, so thinking about what your overall goals are um, and then once you once you figure those out and what's what's important is having like um, like putting those things uh, putting those things first um, so uh, the biggest quote that I took probably out of that area was um, don't prioritise your schedule, um, schedule your priorities mm. Because uh, a lot of time we get busy doing heaps of stuff, and we, you know, like life just comes at you, and you're like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, and uh, and you just go through speeding through, um, like the car story. Let me tell you about the car story. Oh yeah, about, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speeding through uh, life as if 
as if you're going through uh, driving, imagine you're driving a car and you're driving down the, the highway and life is like that and uh, you might be speeding a little bit and you're missing some of the uh, important things that are going on and then uh, you see a cop and you all of a sudden like slow down and you put both hands on the steering wheel and start focusing and concentrating and driving a bit better and uh, and that's what kind of life's like, like you go through life and instead of seeing a cop it might be um, something happens like someone dies or someone gets sick and you all of a sudden you slow right down you focus on the things that are important like your family and um, your friends or whoever whoever it is and you mm. focus on those relationships but then eventually um, things start to speed up again and, and things go back to normal and you just get back into that um, yeah. same habit and sure. and we all do it like I've, I've yeah. done it from experience um, I guess being aware of that as a thing and then checking yourself um, oh. every now and then um, is probably uh, probably the biggest thing um, to think of there yeah um, mm. it's the, the same as that like run you know run your day or your day will run you uh, is the same thing right because yeah like life and time will definitely happen mm. and like you know you have your time your 8 hours at work or your 17 hours awake or whatever they are guaranteed to happen and you can either choose what you do with them or like the world will kind of choose how they happen to you mm. um, so, yeah I like that that prioritization thing uh, yep. putting those first things first like my um, like I've got a super rigid morning routine so I get up you know every morning and before I get the kids out of bed I'll do the stuff that I know I want to get done that leads into and, and you're right they will roll into each other right like the the thing that I want to achieve or the stuff that I want to achieve when I'm you know when I'm listening to people with my tangy talking about all the good things I've done and, and ignoring all the bad things um, you know like I kind of know what they are I want, I want them to you know, I want my life to have been uh, like worthwhile as an I added value while I was here mm. um, I want to have enjoyed it and I want to have um, made it as good as I can for my father. Uh, and so the things that I do in the morning uh, the things that will help me do that so like I do my the shoebox Christmas mahi I do like an hour of writing and at the moment I'm doing like 45 minutes to an hour of te reo lessons um, are you I, still doing yodeling? Uh, yeah and then I do 45 minutes of yodel uh, competitive yodeling um, which yeah actually really takes it out of me and makes the te reo lessons quite hard because singing waiata while yodeling is, is yeah. it's tricky um, nah but so I, I do those things but I do them first because, you know, after that it's cool. Then I've got the kids to get up. Then I've got work to go to. And then I've got, you know, either my dinner or kids' dinner to suss out when I get home. Yep. So I can't guarantee that I'll be able to do those things afterwards. But, like, I own that first morning part. Like, so I put that stuff first. Um, and I think that if you, yeah, like, if you, if I didn't, like, I, it would be very hard for me to... Like if I, like you said, checked myself against, like, am I going to, are people at my tangi going to say those things? Like, why would they? Like, I'm not doing any of the stuff in the day that leads to that. You yeah. know, like your life is mm. a, is just a collection of days, and those days are just a collection of those, that 17 hours or whatever that you're awake. Um, so if you don't run them, then they'll just happen and you'll go, cool, like I've had a collection of days and I spent it all scrolling Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's heaps of cool ways to check yourself on that as well. Like I just installed this thing um, called Digitox because I noticed, like, especially at the moment, like work is real busy and so to dial back from like social. Yeah, so I noticed in the last few weeks that I've been scrolling, and I never, I don't do 
social media scrolling. Like I jump on there and I post stuff and I'll and I'll yep. do things yep. that I think are worthwhile, but I don't spend any time going through and liking people's things or seeing what other people are up to because I'm real you're selfish. Pretty, you're like pretty that. deliberate, though. You, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I, I use, <laughs> I, I'm super unengaged with social media and I use it quite selfishly. Like I'll say the things that I want to say and then I'll shoot off. Um, cool, laters. <laughs> I've said it's like coming into a meeting room and going, hey guys, blah, 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 see you. And then go, um, listen to my stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I'm not listening to yours. But actually, because like that stuff is not in my area of concern. Like I don't want to hear what 1,200 people who aren't in my close circle of whanau or mates are up to. Like, yeah. it's the real, like I wouldn't go out and find them in the street and to find out what they're up to, so why would I spend 30 minutes scrolling through Facebook to find out what they're up to? Um, but I've noticed when I, since I've been busier at work than normal that I was spending heaps of time scrolling, and so I installed this app called Digitox, and it shows you... Wait, so you're working harder. That means you're on social media more. No, I, I think it's just because, um, I don't know, like I'm... because Maybe because my brain is so occupied with work that yeah. I want to try to switch it off by oh, jumping on social media and doing some like mind numbing scrolling um, which is dumb because I don't want to be spending that time yeah. doing that and so this app like lets you categorise your apps and then it shows you each day like how much time you've spent on each one like I think it, there's an I, like there's an Apple version of it built into the I, built into iOS like you can see screen time in iOS there isn't the same on Android so you have to put an app on um, but it's mean like it shows you like cool so like today I've spent 10 minutes on photos and images, 39 minutes in social and communication, 23 minutes in productivity, and 6 minutes in education. Um, and that's not really the split that I want it to be. So, you know, like, I can check myself on that and go, okay, like, I need to keep an eye on that, and so that's what I've been doing. <coughs> checking it every day and going, all right, no, I'm still mm. still not where I want to be, so I need to adjust that. What's it called? Uh, Digitox. Sweet. This one is like this one. This one's quite. This one's quite cool. Are they throwing us some sponsorship for their yeah, this, shout out? This episode is brought to you proudly by <laughs> nobody. Again, still nobody sponsoring us. Um, no, that sounds cool. Yeah. So so have a look at that if that's uh, you know if stopping your social media scrolling is a thing because mm. nobody wants to be yeah like you said having their eulogy read out at, uh, at their tangy, like, you know, he was just really good, really good at liking all of the things that I put on Facebook, and I'll just always, I'm always grateful for that. <laughs> always posting vague questions on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I quite like that, uh, that, that put first things first. And that, like, I mean, the fundamental thing of that at work is like a, a to-do list, right? Or even in life, like yep. having a list where you know these are the things that I want to do today or this week or whatever. Hmm. Um, and they say, like, there's another part saying, I can't remember if it was in this book or another one, but um, talking about how there's there's levels to that. Like, you have, like, the to-do list is, like, the the bottom level of organisation of trying to get some, like, reactive semblance of going, oh, I've got all these things to do, let's mm-hmm. quickly put them in a list and prioritise. And then there's, like, uh, you know, the next level is, is having, like, calendar management where you're going, mm-hmm. cool, thinking a little bit uh, further long term around um, how you how you plan for these things so mm. that it's not just to-do lists every day but you're, you're thinking um, <clears throat> yeah like planning your time a bit better I can't remember what the third one is I'm not up, not up to that yet like the calendar one is cool like that um, like I've tried heaps of different ways at work to, to do that like you know I mean Sam we've both had the same 
quite a few of the same kind of jobs at the bank and, and a couple of our ones before this were pretty pretty full on like with you know you could easily um, come in like you, you'll never get through the work basically like there's, there's an infinite amount of work to do so you need to be able to prioritise what you're doing and do that first um, and so I've done and I do this a little bit at the moment but I have like a cal- my calendar categorised so that the things that I know are to do with effectiveness are one colour, the things that I know are to do with people are another colour, things to do with like the main thing that we're building are another colour, and so if you look at your calendar and you go, oh man, all of the stuff is blue, and that's not even the main thing that I'm trying to get done, then I need to readjust what I'm accepting, what, what invites I'm accepting, or that I'm setting up even. Um, like, all like all those calendar tools have ways that you can, that you can do that and um, get a get a better view of how you're spending your time so that you can change it if you need to. Um, and you've got to curate some of that stuff, especially with, with work, because there's always people that want to pull you into meetings mm. and pull you in for, for this or that, and you've got to be a bit, like, uh, what's the word, a bit picky. and sometimes, Yeah, ruthless, and sometimes just go, is that something that's going to add, uh, add a lot of value to me or my team mm. or the work that we're working on? And if it's not, then just say, hey, look, I don't have, I don't have time mm. to catch up for um, you know whatever because everyone's got priorities everyone's yeah. got different priorities right like your yeah. your thing that you're trying to achieve is entirely different to what Lars trying to achieve mm. but you might be able to help him and it's a balance right like you know yeah. you, you might be able to add value to his thing and you get, need to weigh up at that moment I guess like is it worth me sacrificing X amount of value that I can add to my priority to deliver or to help Y deliver Y value over here yeah. um, or not no. And with wow, like that's no, a firm no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, that um, the the thing of, of like being a bit more deliberate around social um, that applies to like uh, work as well. Because another part of that put first things first chapter was about how um, different um, you know different people have. Uh, different ways of how they approach their their work, and some people are like, I I don't check emails before mm. uh, like nine a.m. and these are some like um, executive people, mm. and they'll obviously be quite busy, um, but they have a rule of like I don't check them before nine because mm. my time when they wake up and most of them are in like the like the five a.m. Uh, waker upper is mm. the crew, the crew, the five a.m. club. <laughs> um, is that a thing? Yeah, hard club. Cool. I can't. I can't talk much about it though. It's one of the first rules. Yeah. First rules of the five AM crew. Yeah, but they think that their most uh, proactive time of the day is between um, five AM and and eight AM, mm. and that's when they uh, get the things done that like give them value in their life. Mm. Um, but if they open up their emails and they go, mm. oh, no, no, yeah. you guys know you. Oh shit, that's I think it'll, like respond to that one mm. and then you go oh there's another one there and I've got to respond to that like you you all of a sudden get into a, an automatic um, flow of being reactive to mm. stuff um, and then you know your brain is focused on that and not focused on you know waking up being clear headed and, and being able to go oh, I'm going to do this 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 I'm mm. going to read for half an hour or do some writing for mm. for an hour um, and you're just focusing on those things that are uh, like important to you mm. The first, the first things, mm. um, and yeah, I guess uh, as well. I want to circle back with you waking up at five a.m. and saying that's your time to wake up and, and do all those things, mm. and and you have control over that time. Um, thinking about your circles of influence and circles of control and what you have control over, like for for me, like if I try and wake up early and do stuff, it always 
works out until the until you know the kids wake up. Yeah, uh, yeah. If they decide that oh, they're okay. going to wake up and go, oh, I'm up now, an hour earlier than yep. expected. Um, I know we've talked talked about this, and you're just like, oh, this is my writing time. Do you want to go back to bed? Yeah, boy, I'm writing. <laughs> go back to bed. Yeah, hard. It's about like you have to be kind of rigidly flexible, right? Like like yep. that's my routine, and that's like that time before I get them up is that's my me time that I have to do those things in. Yeah, but like some days like if, if they've woken up four times between them you know mm. every two hours like I know it's actually more important for me to stay in bed for longer so that I can come and do my mahi at work without falling asleep at my desk you know mm. like that's sometimes you have to make those those trade-offs but um, like writers especially have um, like every book that you can read on how to be a writer uh, like the, the most important thing is having a routine and going cool I'm always going to write you know and I'm always going to write for a certain amount of time or write a certain amount of words um, every day because obviously if you're not writing you're not going to finish a thing um, and so that for me was an easy way to put that routine in place um, but I don't know if many of those people who wrote those requirements had like a 19 month old and a, a 4 year old because they don't care about your routine <laughs> it's good to have it in spirit and good to go cool I'm going to do that every time I can but some days that's not happening was was your uh, talking about the, the sharpening the saw and and, um, and all that why would, is it the same for you like with developing yourself as, yeah. a, as a developer yeah like definitely you have to have a routine and... definitely like I even talking about getting up early like I try and come into work a bit earlier before everyone and I find that that's actually the best time that I mm. can work because um, I don't get distracted and um, I can just um, focus on what I'm doing mm. so um, actually that that first two hours before everyone comes in I'm, I feel like I'm actually the most efficient mm. and then after that it sort of you know starts like this and it sort of goes a bit like that mm. that's what I've picked up being here do you have meeting free times like in and where you go if, if uh, knowing that your most productive time is, is the morning like is there time where you where you get to go oh look I know that this is the best time for me to do my best work and and that's a priority for the business as well as a priority for me is there like uh, do you get to go oh look I'm gonna put in blocks of time where I get to just fall into the deep work and uh, no nah, not too much I think because before work starts I sort of have that block so I don't really prioritise it during the week I mean yeah I mean there's definitely something I should probably maybe think about but I find I also learn a lot more when I peer program with the other devs in my mm -hmm. team because they have so much knowledge right and they're really keen to teach me so yep. I sort of like that as well like a mixture of it, me doing it trying to do something myself and also learning off the other devs yeah and I think, and also like working from home is really good. I found too because it's like mm -hmm. I can't, I haven't got that option of relying on the dev right next to me for help. You know what I mean? So it's like it teaches me to like just try and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like something else I've picked up. Plus, just the no distraction, right? Like that, yeah, that yeah. Deep it's a work thing. Different type important. of distraction at home, in the way. Like yeah. I'll have like Netflix on, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> I'll get up and make me breakfast, yeah. and then, oh, then get up, make you breakfast again, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> coffee number four. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's a different different type of, you know. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I that's definitely how I've tried to keep my saw. Sharpen or sword sharpen. I like sword sharpen. Mm. Um, and I think also being around 
other really good devs makes mm-hmm. me want to sharpen my sword even more because mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. see them always sharpening theirs right yep. like, and that's the other thing that I like about the devs that work here is they're all you can tell the really good devs are always like they always give advice is like always keep learning mm-hmm. always like your favourite student like because when I first started as an intern I De- was dev is a developer by the way <laughs> yeah Hollywood. It's not a guy called Dev. Always be a bit self-conscious in that, like I, I'm still a student. Like I'm, I, st- I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And the feedback I would always get back from devs that I look up to is, well, they would be like, "Well, I'm a student too. You know, I'm still learning." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that, I've always kept that advice when I've been here. Yeah. It's to like just fever learn. Like you can't, you can't fully master everything. You, if Stephen Covey came to you and said, oh, I want to rewrite this book, it was written a while back, I've got to add an extra habit, make it the eighth habit, what would you say, yeah, this has made me an effective person in my life, like, this is my habit that you should get in there? Because, like, I was hearing you guys talking about the, like, don't scroll social media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, sounds like be positive. For, me. for me, it would be kind of the... The, kind of in line with what I asked before around having clarity of your your purpose. Like I see, um, like I feel real confident in what I'm here to do, um, and I feel like that makes if there's one thing that I think makes it easier for me to do some of the things that other people don't do and think maybe are interesting that I do, it's all because of that. It's because like I, I'm super clear on what my purposes and I therefore do the things that he's talking about here like you know begin with the end in mind and I, I I do I make sure everything that I'm doing is aligned to that thing that I'm trying to do I prioritize and, and make a routine out of those things that I'm that I'm trying to do that I know will get me to what I want to achieve um, but I just don't know how you get clarity on that like I I don't know well, like, I mean, I know how I did. Like, I had a car crash, and that made me super uh, motivated to go, shit, far out, I need to make sure my, my mental health is good. How am I going to do that? And I did that by aligning my purpose with my day-to-day stuff so that I felt like I'm here contributing to something. Um, but I don't know how to how you create that clarity without having one of those moments like my car crash or whatever, you know, like... Um, there's a bunch of different things that, a bunch of different events like that that would mm. be a catalyst to that kind of clarity. Um, but I would say the eighth habit would be that, like getting that clarity. Um, and then all the rest of it kind of stems from there, I reckon. Yeah. If I was to have to add a habit in, I'd probably say, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That, yep. is a, that is a good one. That's crack up, but true as. Yes, so true. Oh man, uh, there's so there's so many things like that, and I guess I guess that's tied up in some of the some of the stuff in there, like like um, the seek first to understand, then to be understood. I guess um, thinking when when I guess you know being not just being a, a bit of a better person, um, I think is is pretty important. Um, mm. I know there's a few. There's actually a few companies um, that I was reading about uh, recently. Um, Atlassian's one of them, which is um, they're removing the, um, or they're having a, a thing of their performance framework, which mm. is um, 
pretty much now like a whole third of it is is on to basically don't be a I'm paraphrasing like talent they're getting rid of talented assholes or or brilliant jerks brilliant, brilliant jerks, jerks was the term yeah, yeah, yeah. so no more brilliant jerks is pretty much what they've they've committed to in the next 18 to 24 months and that's wow. that's quite a massive thing because like mm. you, we've all worked with people who are effective at their job but man they'd like destroy some <laughs> destroy some relationships <laughs> along the way and, and like just they'll step on anyone mm. to get things mm. done um, and you know sometimes that's that's really uh, that's just really um, bad for for a mm. team mm. Um, and bad for the other people that are still there because that person again they may just move on and then the rest of the team is kind of left in their wake um, you know they, they take all the they take oh. all the credit for everything and they do all yeah, they're just um, and they're usually quite good. Like a lot of those people uh, are usually like narcissists, and they're quite good at like making themselves look good mm. and make other people look bad. Mm. Um, but uh, and that's just the bad side of it, right? Like not being a dick, as in being good, mm. uh, is massive too. Like I was talking to somebody about how they were raising their kid, and they were like, you know, all I'm kind of focused on is making sure that they're kind and that they use their manners like that and if they do that then I think they'll be I think they'll be they'll be all good um, and it's true like you know you the even not just for the obvious like benefits of being good and being kind and how you add value to the world mm. there's also things like I was talking to somebody who was trying to get their head around why they were uh, allowed to do all these things that they were doing um, and we talked about like the likability um Factor, which I don't know if that's a thing. It sounds like it's probably a thing. If you Google likability factor, something will probably come up. Um, but you know, people being more receptive to your idea or more likely to like give you the thing that you're asking for, if for some reason they like you. And this person is a real likable person, and that's like, yeah, I don't know why they've been so um, you know receptive to me doing this thing. And I was kind of like, like they probably just like you, like mm. as in while well, yeah. you're having a conversation with them, they seem oh Sam's cool, he's good. It wasn't Sam, by the way, obviously. Um, you know, <laughs> Sam seems cool. Uh, yeah, we'll give it a go. You know, yeah. um, and you get that, but obviously you don't get that if you're a dick um, but by proactively yeah, not being yeah. a dick yeah. you, uh, you can increase that I guess because yeah on the, on the flip side of that like if someone that you um, someone that you like don't like and don't have a, mm. a good relationship with if they're like sometimes you might feel that way if they're, if they're trying to get like favours off you and mm. things like that after like not really um, not really contributing to to the relationship or anything or doing anything um for you, you don't want to make it as a as a give and take situation, um, but like you're more likely to to be like no, but oh, nah, no, yeah. yeah. It's your and it biases your thing of the idea too, right? Like those two people come to you with the same idea, yeah. Like the minute the first one talks about it, you're like, oh, this no. is not going to be cool. Like, what's this dude after? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. other person that you just like because you know. You know, their eyes are sparkly and they you know just seem to be real cool yeah um same idea yeah that's a cool idea let's do that yeah mm. or you get the old inbox message and go oh hey bro what are you up to these days oh hey fella i haven't seen you for like three <laughs> years yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously now that like i know i know that i know what you want already yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so this one's yeah. back to that um i just remembered a, a, a guy who was real good at that blocking out of time and being ruthless with the 
like not accepting other people's priorities. Um, this dude I follow, Derek Sievers, who started CD Baby, which was like a online CD distribution company. Um, like CD Babies? <laughs> no, not like CD Babies, like as in tipsy, uh, tipsy toddlers. Uh, but he was like, he, he posts on his blog and that like whenever he's writing and whenever he's not accepting like email requests to help with something or to talk on things or to interview or whatever, he's just like blatantly blocks himself out from the public uh, public requests that he gets because he's currently writing a book and he's just fully in the zone and he'll do that for like months on end. He'll just be like, cool, I'm not currently talking to anybody, basically. He'll go out and say that online and then just carries on writing his book. Um, and that's a, like, uh, I don't know, another, another book a book would be called to talk about his deep work at some point by Cal Newport, which is all about that. Like he talks about the different ways you can block out your time to just do the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I was getting at. Um, yeah, before. And and he like there's there are these different ways to do it. Um, but he yeah he, he analyzes some of them, and he also talks about like the um, you know you talked about peer programming and being around those other those other creative brains. Um, he talks about the you know you can do blocked time of that as well, and you want to make sure that you're not neglecting that because that spontaneous collaboration, that spontaneous kind of ideation or or throwing together of ideas needs mm. to happen too um, yeah and he talked about um, mm. Patrick do you have you read that the book what's the um, some some organisation and they have like their building is literally designed like that so you like have to, you wow. machine. yeah like, yeah wow. so you like you know the hallways that you walk down or whatever are designed in a way that you're more likely to bump into somebody uh-huh. and then start conversations or something else. yeah something like that um, right. you know like that's taking it to the next level mm, cool uh, but yeah, Deep Work is a, um, is a cool book to talk about. Yeah, I just thought of a different one when you were saying that, or how I like peer programming. Another thing I've found that I like, or um, well, that I've noticed about myself, is I'm also trying to impress those guys. So yeah. I work, yeah. trying to work yeah. hard on myself. And it's, they probably don't even know that I'm trying to like impress them. Sure. But that's another thing I've noticed I'm trying to do. So Choice. I'm, like... I don't know. It's like another way, you know, of trying to make yourself better. Mm. It's just, just, and it's just to get like recognition from the person. It's a weird way, you know. Yeah. What I mean, like it's, it's yeah, but that's what I mean. That's natural. Whenever you look up to somebody in your yeah. field or arena, right, to go like, cool, I'm trying to be as good as you. Look, this is, is this as good it's as you. Like that, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a like almost like a child thing as well. Eh? Oh, it's like know? a mentor yeah, thing, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you actually you touched on a couple of things when you were talking about the the peer programming and then the working from home thing. Um, one was with like the peer programming and picking up stuff that you learn from uh, from your peers. Like that's kind of how I like looping it back to to what we're doing here. Like I kind of see um, books as as like that kind of. You all have like friends, you know, you might have that one or two wise friends and a couple of people like in the family or wider group that, uh, (laughs) a couple of people in the wider group that you like, um, that you rely on and and they give you advice on a whole bunch of things and, um, and they grow you as a person. Um, but you know, outside of that, like books like this or or all sorts of probably the books that we've already um, talked about and, and we'll talk about down the line, it's all about that that sharpening the saw thing um, in a in a different way than because this is all just a boiled down version of um, of what Stephen Covey has learnt and and it's kind of we don't have to 
learn the hard way and spend all this time mm. our whole life yeah. trying to figure this stuff out we can yeah. just read it and once we read it we can try and understand it and put it to, to use and sometimes it'll work like this i mean there's hundreds probably hundreds of thousands of uh, self-help books and, and they're definitely not all good mm. um, and some of them will resonate um, some won't um, but I thought like, that kind of tied back to what you were talking about about your peers and learning from them um, and people that you look up to and the second one was the working from home thing about how when you work from home you need to take the training wheels off yeah. um, and I kind of likened that like uh, we, me and Peter both had one of the same jobs back in the um, the old, old days when we were in night night Managers, um, night crawler, night <laughs> the night, the night watch. Um, shout out to the White Walker. Um, yeah, back when we had, uh, we were night managers at the at the contact centre uh, in those days. All of the nighttime managers uh, that were on the the late shift all developed. Uh, a lot faster in their in mm. their skills and capability, uh, and the only reason for that is because yeah. there wasn't a bunch of people to ask uh, yeah. for help um, from pretty much like the uh, the first third of your shift onwards. Mm. Um, it was just you, and you could call like there was someone that you could call, but it was a thing of uh, I need to make a decision. So it builds your decision making abilities, it builds your your skills, and you go, oh, okay, um, like you, you could probably call someone in your team and go, oh, hey, can you message help me with too, this? Yeah. Yep. Or you could, uh, you know, and you may do that eventually, but first you might uh, pause and go, oh, how would how would they do this, or have I done mm. this sort of thing before? And you work through it. And, exactly, yeah. And that, um, yeah, right. that sort of having to take the training wheels off or like being thrown in the deep end kind of forces you to forces you to grow and you get a little bit uncomfortable and you and it just grows your skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought about that when we were, um, when you were talking about that. I was going, yeah, that's that's definitely so true, what yeah. developed us all mm-hmm. faster because there was there was a few people that went through that routine and they were all the. the uh, yeah. So I've even like sort of noticed that I've gotten like a little bit better because um, mainly in meetings now. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not falling asleep, and, and I'm like, it can actually contribute to meetings, like dev yeah. meetings. I can be like, oh, I know what we're talking about now. This makes way more sense. Yeah, and um, I've even noticed. I've like even sometimes I'll challenge another dev's mm. like opinion, and that's something I was a bit like, oh, that's that's new. That's cool. yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah. to actually yeah. like question someone's why they did something. Yeah, well, because I mean, I'm that trying to understand your... why they're doing it this way when I know another way they could do it. You know. But it shows your con- like it means that you've got confidence in your own ability yeah. at a level that you can hold in a room, right? Like, yeah. As opposed to just because that because there's I feel like it's probably for me anyway there would be phases of that where you'd go, cool, like I think I know how to do that thing now. Then there'd be the next level where, cool, I think I know how to do that thing now, and I can be vocal about that. You know, vocal mm. about my confidence to do that thing. Yeah. And that's where you're at if you're challenging somebody, right? Where you yeah. go, like, oh, cool, like is that you know is that the right way to do it? Because mm. the obvious question would be, well, do you have a better way to do it? And you could go, well, I've got another way. So it's mm. cool, like it's a cool, cool yeah. milestone of, of confidence. If you think of all your relationships as as a bank account and um, and uh, a deposit into the account is um, like you meeting someone for lunch and going out for lunch with a friend um, or, you know, going to the movies and letting your significant other mm. uh, choose the movie even if it's a movie that you really don't want to see um, but letting them choose that's a deposit um, 
you know, something to do with your kids, like you take mm. them out um, to do something that they really love doing. Um, and withdrawals are things like, you know, uh, texting someone last minute to say that you can't make it and you do that multiple times mm. or break like you can't make it to the podcast episode to record or something yeah tell them the morning of <laughs> yep Kill shots <laughs> fired <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do we have do we have one of those uh, buttons for the, the we can put one air horns yeah, and, yeah. and gunshots yep. we have to find one in post yeah um, a gunshot being held by a gorilla yeah but yeah, withdrawals being like um, yeah, anything like break, breaking promises or mm. uh, or uh, fuck anything that that's just not good for a relationship, mm. um, and and those are withdrawals. And if you get down to a, if you think about a relationship that you have a, a healthy balance um, in, and uh, there's a small um, a small disagreement, like if you've got a real healthy balance with one of those, and you go, oh hey, um, I can't, sorry bro, something's come up, I mm. can't make it, I can't make it to dinner tonight. He's just going to be like, oh yeah, cool, like that's that's all good, mm. catch up another time. But if you're constantly doing that, and and uh, and also you're running at a you're running at a um, low balance, or or even uh, running an overdraft, mm. um, you know, he's he's probably just going to be like, oh fuck, fuck this. Mm. Never, never coming around. Like I'm not gonna even plan to go out for lunch or yeah or something. What about those ones who just have never had any money in the bank and they're just always <laughs> useless? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, those mates that you just their reliability is their unreliability. Yep, and it's the that's the give and take thing of like sometimes as well. I, I guess that goes to another thing that's uh, I don't think is in this book, but like um like sometimes you just gotta just gotta cut people. Mm. Physically, <laughs> Sam just pulled out a switchblade. It's weird. What are you even doing with that here? <laughs> but sometimes you just got to cut people. You got like negative, uh, like going back to the negative thinking. Mm. If you have like those people in your life that mm. are constantly taking withdrawals from from their their shared savings account with you um, until it's like massively in overdraft, but that's all they do. Like sometimes you just got to cut that person out of your mm. um, cut that person out of your life. Like it seems harsh, but um, yeah. But uh, it's a cool, it's a cool analogy. Like it's a cool reminder that you have to proactively maintain those relationships as well. Like that's, I think yeah. that's an easy thing to forget. Um, you know, and not just in those, you know, in relationships with your spouse or your significant other or whatever, um, with your mates. You know, like yep. you have to, you have to proactively go. Cool, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go and make time to catch up with this person. Like I'm garbage at that with yeah. my mates. Like I'm real bad at going. Uh, you know. Even though I'm, I think I'm busy and I've got heaps of stuff on. I'm going to make sure I set some time out to go and catch up with with these mates. You know, yeah. I'm I'm useless at that. Um, like I think most of my mates are pretty forgiving and they, they are, yeah, forgiving. Um, but you also need to do that with your, with, yeah. Like I need to do that with Danielle, with my wife. Like I need yeah. to make sure I'm proactively going. Okay, like. I need to maintain that relationship because otherwise it doesn't maintain itself, right? Or, like you said, it just becomes one one side of the the relationship is doing all the transacting. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I feel that way. Like, especially with have, having had kids, like when mm. you when you um, have kids and, and um, you kind of get into a thing of uh, it becomes such a routine around looking after the kids mm. that if you're not putting time into like date night or mm. like putting time into you know just doing little things that are just for for you and mm. your partner Hard. um like you just become kind of two people that are looking after 
a, a baby mm. um, in the same house. In the same house, yeah. and, and like wow. then the balance gets super low. Like you, mm. know, you don't think wow. about this before yeah, you, yeah. before you have kids, bro. Like make the money. Wow. <laughs> but um, no, no, you don't think about it because you, you do everything. You go to the movies, you just yeah, go out, yeah, and yeah. you think about any of that stuff, and then it's like all of a sudden, uh, you know, one of you one of you can go to an event with friends, uh, you know, mutual friends, because the other one stays home and looks after your kid, or mm. um, if you don't, if you can't find a babysitter, all those sort of things. But um, but you need to keep putting. My, my point of that was that you need to keep proactively making sure you're depositing into that account mm. um, to keep the, the relationship good. Mean. Yeah, no, that was a good chat. Well, that's us, Etefano. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to the Cordial as much as we enjoyed uh, having it. Choice book. Sam, how many uh, paperback gorillas do you give Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Well, I'd probably have to give uh, Stephen Covey... I'd give him five paperback Five, paperback four, gorillas five. for uh, <laughs> this one. Okay. Mm, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. Um, good book. Lots of um, lots of real life examples that I could think of that um, you know that made sense. Um, as I say, like I've read a few self help books of the self help genre, and and they're, some of them are a bit shit. Mm. But this one, no, this you one can't use that. Not about swear words. Oh. <laughs> I've read a few self-help books and this one was a bit <laughs> right. mean um, what do we need to do for the outro uh, I'll do, the do you want me to do my um, airplane pilot voice <laughs> I or I can do my I can do my uh, creepy uncle voice <laughs> oh hey that's it eh? don't forget to hit subscribe on your podcast app uh, check out Facebook facebook.com slash paperbackgorillas uh, and you can also uh, subscribe to our mailing list on www.paperbackgorillas.co.nz throw your email in and uh, Sam will send you some spam uh, just click the link and enter your credit card details and it'll be all goods cool, kaki tefana see you see you